Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, howdy, hello there. You're listening to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. The mission of our show is to transform the world, and we do this just by the mere fact of letting Christ transform us. My name is Rochelle Lucero, and you have picked a good day to tune in because we're about to get indulgent. I'm not talking about cakes, candies, or sweets. What I'm talking about is so much better. Today's topic is plenary indulgences, what they are, how you can get them, and when. There is so much confusion and bad press around indulgences, even among Catholics. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, allow me to give you the most popular and incorrect caricature of indulgences. People think that it's basically a get-out-of-jail-free card that comes with a really big price tag. Basically, commit all the sins you want, no matter how big, and then buy your way into heaven by giving the church a lot of money. Now, before we go any further, indulgences are not about money, and the church has never exchanged indulgences for money. Indulgences are actually a beautiful practice, and believe it or not, they help you to beef up your spiritual practices, and by doing them, you become more prayerful, more charitable, and more spiritually disciplined. And all of this happens with the bonus of lessening your purgatory time or the purgatory time of the dead. Yes? That can happen. Okay, now, to be honest, this is not technically the definition of an indulgence, but that is the way that we Catholics tend to talk about indulgences when we do it casually. But I will explain, don't worry, I will explain what the church actually says when she defines indulgences, and I'll do that a little bit later. I'm also going to answer some other questions like why you would even want an indulgence and how you can receive them, what you have to do. Also, what the difference is between an indulgence and the sacrament of confession, as well as when you can get plenary indulgences and on what specific occasions. And I'm pretty sure by the end of this episode, you will be on board the Plenary Indulgence Express with me, and you will want to obtain all of the indulgences that you can get. And Right now, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a spoiler alert. You will be pleased to know that for the whole month of November, at least in 2020, we have been given a special opportunity for indulgences, so get excited. But before I jump into indulgences and the special opportunities that we have for November, I have a few housekeeping notes to take care of. If you listened last week, you will know that November is my birthday month, and I want to celebrate with you. So, I have a special offer for all of my new patrons who sign up to donate $10 a month or more. You're going to receive a limited edition Clumsy Theosis vinyl three-piece sticker set. With this sticker set, stick them anywhere. They are very durable, even dishwasher safe. And when you do this, you can be starting a conversation about one of your favorite podcasts and even Catholicism in general with a perfect stranger without saying a word. So head over to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu to become a donating patron and take advantage of this special offer for the month of November. And also, I want to say that this applies to existing donors who are currently giving at the $5 a month tier. If you want to increase your pledge to $10 or more, you qualify for this special offer. Just saying. Now, the definition that the church uses 
when defining indulgences is only one sentence long. And you would think, okay, that was going to make this pretty simple. But this is a ridiculously long sentence coming in at 61 words. Not joking. No wonder there's so much confusion about indulgences. Trying to parse this sentence feels like you're trying to bushwhack through the jungle with only a kitchen knife. Now, if you're curious about this definition, this paragraph long sentence, you can find it in the catechism, paragraph 1471. But I want to simplify this definition. But before I do that, it's important that we understand a few things first. Purgatory, temporal punishment, and the double consequence of sin. Okay, this doesn't sound super appealing right now, but it is. It, it, the words just make it sound daunting. But let's just try to look beyond that for now. And we'll start with purgatory. And since I've talked about this before, for brevity's sake, I'll sum it up today as the final purification of the elect before they can behold the beatific vision of God for all of eternity. And if you want more about purgatory, I've linked some episodes for you down in the show notes, and the show notes are where you read the summary for this episode. So temporal punishment, that refers to purgatory and what you're being purified from. But let's start with that punishment part of that phrase, because that's usually what jumps out at people. I personally don't like this word punishment here because it already carries a lot of baggage and it also perpetuates that incorrect belief that God is vengeful and mean. He's not. To understand punishment in this context, we have to understand sin and its nature. Sin, by its nature, has two consequences. The first is that it separates us from communion with God and the second is that It leaves behind evidence that we have an unhealthy attachment to creatures, which is to say something other than God. So we go to reconciliation and we reconcile our relationship to God and we restore our communion with him. But we still need to be purified from that unhealthy attachment. And that's either going to happen in this life or in the next life. If it's going to be in this life, the answer is to become a saint. We become like God who is love. If it's going to be in the next life, then we enter into that state of purgatory where we are purified. We undergo our temporal punishment for the sins that we have chosen to commit in this life. Here, temporal in this context, it refers to time, a short lasting time, actually. So think temporary, which is opposed to eternal punishment, which is for all of eternity, right? We don't want that. St. Gregory the Great says, As for certain lesser faults, we must believe that before the final judgment, there is a purifying fire. And we know this from scripture, right? That we go through the refiner's fire until all of our unhealthy attachments to everything that is other than God is gone. Indulgences lessen this. Indulgences lessen our temporal punishment. Just how the church has the power to bind and loose our sins in the sacrament of confession, she also has the authority to lessen your temporal punishment. Now, we can't technically say that it lessens your time in purgatory because purgatory, like heaven and hell, it doesn't have the same constructs of time and space like we do here on earth, but you get the point, right? You get the gist. So less time being purified and being united fully with God as soon as possible. Yes, please sign me up for that. How do I do it? Through indulgences? Okay. How do I get indulgences? All right, I'm going to tell you how you get indulgences. Now, there are norms. 
which are the normal criteria, the normal things that are usually required in order to receive a plenary indulgence. There are four of them. First is to go to confession. Now, you have to do this within 20 days before or after attempting to receive this indulgence. The second is to receive the Eucharist, preferably during Mass. And the third is to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. You don't have to know what they are, but you do have to pray for them. And you do this by saying that's what you're doing. And then you pray one Our Father and one Hail Mary. You do this on the same day that you receive the Eucharist and on the same day that you try to receive this indulgence. The fourth thing that you have to do is you have to have an interior disposition of complete detachment from sin, including venial sin. Now, all of this also assumes that you're a baptized Catholic, that you're in a state of grace and you haven't been excommunicated, and that you're doing all of these things on purpose for receiving an indulgence, right? You have to go into them knowing you're doing X, Y, and Z because you want to receive an indulgence. Okay, little disclaimer though, there may be more requirements and timeframes depending on the devotion or the feast day that you're trying to obtain the indulgence through or from, whatever the correct way to say that is. And you can find all of this information in the Manual of Indulgences, and I have put that down in the show notes for you. There's a link to the Manual of Indulgences in PDF form. Okay, this will tell you all of the instances in which you can receive an indulgence and what's required. I have a few extra notes here before I move on to the bigger, juicier things. And the first is what happens if you don't fulfill all the requirements or you don't fulfill them in the time frame that you are allotted? Well, you won't receive a plenary indulgence, but you do receive a partial indulgence. And yeah, that's a bit of a bummer, but there is an upside because you can receive many partial indulgences in one day, whereas you can only receive one plenary indulgence per day. And here's something that bothers me when it comes to the requirements. It's the requirement of complete detachment from sin. And as I say that, I realize that probably sounds a little funny. Let me explain. The reason it bothers me is because there is no official explanation of what this means. Some people will say that only saints can be totally free from an attachment to sin. And I can understand the reasoning behind this, but I don't know the answer. I don't know if this is what the church means and there is no official explanation. And to be honest, I find that this definition of total detachment from sin, like if this is actually accurate, I find it frustrating because we typically are trying to obtain plenary indulgences for ourselves because we know that we're not saints and we need that little extra something, something in order to lessen our temporal punishment in purgatory. Yet, because we are not saints, we can't actually get that plenary indulgence. I mean, come on. However, there is a bit of a paradox here if you pay attention, and it's a beautiful one at that. So if we step back and we ask, what works are required for us to receive indulgences, St. Pope Paul VI, he says this about the requirements for indulgences. He says, the church does not want simply to come to the aid of these Christians, that's you and I who are trying to obtain these indulgences, but also to spur them to works of devotion, penance, and charity. At the top of this show, remember that I said that indulgence are a beautiful practice that will help you beef up your spiritual practices And they'll help you to become more prayerful and more charitable, and they will make you more spiritually disciplined. 
This is why, by working to receive indulgences and lessening your temporal punishment, you might effectively become a saint through all of that spiritual work that you're doing, and in the end, you might not even need that indulgence. Isn't that interesting? Remember that a saint has become like God who is love or charity, and the most charitable thing that we can do is obtain indulgences for the souls in purgatory. During the month of November, we usually have the All Saints Day Octave as well as All Souls Day to acquire indulgences for the departed, but not this year. This year, because of COVID and social distancing, the Vatican has released a decree opening up this window of opportunity for the whole month of November. So here's what you have to do in order to receive indulgences for the departed this month. Now, even if, even if it's only a partial indulgence, they are still efficacious for the souls in purgatory and yourself because they will help you to grow in charity, theosis, and become that saint that you were created to be. You have to fulfill those four basic norms that I mentioned earlier, confession, receive the Eucharist, pray for the intentions of the Pope by way of one Hail Mary and one Our Father, and have complete detachment from sin. Plus, you have to complete the works that are specific to this indulgence. And since this year is extra special, you have two options. You either can visit a cemetery and pray for the departed. This is usually done only during the octave, but not this year. Or you can devoutly visit a church or an oratory and recite one Our Father and the Creed for the souls in purgatory. This is typically only done on November 2nd, All Souls Day, but again, not this year. You can do either of these throughout the whole month of November. Whichever one you choose to do, you have to do it along with the basic norms, and those have to be done all on the same day, except for confession, because remember, you can do that 20 days before or after. Here's a really cool thing that some people might overlook about this. You can do this anytime this month, but that also means that you can do this every day this month, as long as you do everything on the same day and you've gone to confession within the 20-day period, either before or after, you can receive a plenary indulgence every single day this month for the souls in purgatory. How cool is that? I just think that's amazing. I just, I'm flabbergasted by this and I hope I have enough spiritual stamina to try to do this multiple times this month. I'm not gonna lie and say I'm gonna do it every day because I already know I'm not going to, but I'm gonna try to do it multiple times this month because what an opportunity. All right, so that's all that you have to do. I hope you enjoyed our time together and that you are eager, like I am, to get some indulgences under your belt, especially for the souls in purgatory, because this is the most charitable thing that we can do, which helps us also on our way to sainthood. If you like this episode, please share it on your social media and make sure that you never miss another episode again by signing up for my weekly email. There's links for that along with everything else that I talked about today down in the show notes. So head down there and check out all those links. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from all of my Clumsy Theosis listeners. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. And until next week, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.